So welcome to the first edition of the Southern Game and Tackle Hunting Report. As we start into the 2020-2021 deer season, we want to bring as much real-time information to our listeners as we can. So as, as we discuss with our network and, and, and get the information that's coming from them, we want to share it so it can be applied to anybody that might be listening to us. Heck, we might even learn a little bit of something, Dexter, ourselves from the people that are sharing their stories. And I think it's important to note, too, this is applicable to your beginner hunter, to your more advanced hunter. Yeah. Because we want to hit all aspects of kind of what the situation looked like, the the process and the, the thought process behind it, and what it took to get there. And my suggestion would be to look past the individual location and look more into the, the, the situation, the conditions. and hopefully. You'll you'll grasp something that comes from one of our um, our hunt reporters and be able to apply it to wherever you live. So tonight is edition number one. Um, if you want to get a little bit of backstory to where we are, you can listen to our last podcast, um, which was called the Grind. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring you into a little bit more of the detail of to one of the the better hunts of that story. And going forward, this will be a regular thing. So with that said, uh, we have Bearded Ben with us tonight. Um, if you haven't got tired of him, this is his third consecutive podcast. Back again. With us. So <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, Ben, for being with us for for one more run here. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the episode, but go ahead and rehash for me a little bit uh, your hunt this weekend at the ranch. Uh, kind of give us the general location, uh, where you were what you were looking at let's start with location all right so this is uh my folks place uh we are in uh jasper florida so if you head up i tend to 75 from jacksonville we're at it's about uh 20 25 minutes south of georgia so we're we're getting pretty close up there in the north but we're uh, right along the swanee river very northeast florida yeah. so this is applicable basically for very for north florida to on the eastern side of the border anywhere right? that's really going to going to see their rut in, in in the october month right yep yep so we're we're obviously talking about a rut type hunt yep. so we were coming off we're, we're still in rut um phase wise the deer how long have they been in rut what are we kind of looking at so we started noticing on camera, um, let's see, probably about, I'm not, honestly, about two and a half weeks ago, we started seeing some, some serious activity, bucks moving during daylight. Um, you know, I get a picture of a doe, then, you know, 30 seconds later, I get another picture of a buck following them. So, you know, we kind of got keyed up. We're like, all right, so rut's starting. Um, so we, you know, we hunted that first weekend, um, two weeks ago, saw a ton of activity. Unfortunately, nobody you know, was able to connect that weekend, but I figured I'd give one more chance this weekend, just hoping that the rut was holding on. And honestly, I didn't think it was, but, uh, we were able to, um, anyways, I was able to get back out there, um, get out there. Was it Friday night? It's the, uh, the night before muzzleloader. So that was the, uh, I think the 23rd, um, yep. Friday the 23rd. The 24th, we're opening up muzzleloader. I get out there, check the cameras, got some good bucks moving, but they were moving earlier on in the week. So kind of leaning towards my theory of, okay, maybe the rut was petering out. We know we kind of got the best of it the week before. It's looking like they're starting to slow down and I'm not getting as much on camera, at least those last three days leading up to that Friday. So, um, you know, go ahead and go set up a climbing stand. Um, uh, the weekend before, uh, when Rick and the guys were out there, Rick had uh, um, seen a real, real good buck um, yeah. down near our cabin. 
Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please. Um, so yeah, you saw two good bucks down there. You saw the one monster, and then you saw the one that uh that got away from you. <laughs> the one that got the away. The one got away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can chase that buck. You know, this is it's it's a fairly heavily wooded area, but it it does kind of clear out through there. We got some heavy pines that are closer, so that we got kind of a hardwood line they're walking next to, but they seem to be coming out a little bit. You know, it really pinched for both, as well uh, by right. the by, by the river that that really yep. drives a huge. A huge advantage to that. So, place. so in reality, you kind of have, from a situational standpoint, you have the river on one side, you have honestly heavy bedding to the other, mm-hmm. and so you're sitting in basically a highway, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, short of the you know the acorns down there, I mean, they're not necessarily feeding, but that's definitely that, that's that's their highway. That's that's where they're moving. That's kind of how we hunt them out there. Um, I'm not too interested, or at least I'm less interested in you know trying to catch them on feed. I want to I want to see where they're moving. And you know, to try to catch them as they're as they're crossing. So we've we've talked about the rut taking uh, place a couple of weeks. Uh, I know the conditions um, that we talked about in our previous podcast were unbelievable for the rut. We had cool weather. We had light winds. What were the conditions like uh, from a weather perspective this past weekend? Definitely warmer. Um, okay. Yeah. It was... I, I can I I can agree to that. Yeah. As hunting in Alabama at the same time, he was having a great time. Yeah. We Hunt, hunting in a t-shirt, mind you. Hunting in a t-shirt. Yeah. I can but, agree with that. I was sitting inside in the air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Was... So conditions were. Yeah. So the, the the first weekend we were out there, we got lucky. It dropped down to the fifties. Uh, Friday night, it's eighty degrees. I'm climbing up a tree. Um, you know, wearing the lightest long sleeve shirt I have just to cover up a little bit for scent and everything. But I mean, I was soaking through my shirt and sweat. Uh, surprisingly windy. It was definitely um, blowing pretty good. And yeah, the deer just—I mean, they—they. They, I saw a couple of does. One small buck come through about dark, and um, that was it. Like they—they they were real sketchy that weekend. And uh, I, I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's over. Like you mentioned, you mentioned the heat. You mentioned the sweat. Um, the concern of scent. Any tips that you would give based on this hunt to um, take care of the scent, right? Now, now, I want to mind this level set for just a second. This is a muzzleloader hunt. Muzzleloader right? so, hunt, late October, yeah. yeah, North Florida. Where still we're in Boa at this point, actually. It's, oh, yeah, it's, Friday night's Boa. Yeah, this is Saturday the night before, days. so yeah. technically I'm Got still it. in Boa at this point. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, I, I did the usual stuff. Um, you know, I washed all my clothes and, you know, what you're supposed to wash them in and kept them in a bag separately and sprayed down with a scent killer and or whatever brand it was, uh, you know, I was using. Um, but honestly, man, you getting out there, you start sweating so much. It's, I think a lot of it comes down to luck and hoping that the wind is, is in your favor. In your favor. Uh, the the deer mean, comes in yeah. the right direction. Well, that, that brings another question up for me then. Um, were you playing the wind? Were you playing thermals at all going into You know, I wasn't, I, I'm not, um, I know guys get really into that and I, and I think I should get more into that. Um, I'm just, I'm not that detail minded to where I'm thinking about that. I'm just, I want to know you know, relatively where the deer are moving and I want to find a good tree that's going to get me high. I could probably kill a few more deer if I, if I got a little more detail minded about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I go out there to relax and sit in a tree. And if I don't see anything, I don't see anything. Um, and so, I mean, I I wasn't overly concerned about it. Kind of leads me to the next question. It is difficult. You'll hear a lot of people in the, in, in the outdoor industry talking about playing the wind doing these things they don't necessarily hunt the type of places we hunt so yeah. from a a south a, a southern hunter in, in in this time of year and, and and i guess we're specifically really talking about folks chasing the rut in northern florida 
Lower Georgia, Georgia, Southern Georgia yeah. this time of year. Um, you can't really play the wind or the scent because you're always sweating. When you set up for the deer, was there a specific decision in where you set up to hunt that area that helps you in all those things versus right just going in there and climbing a tree? Um, uh, there was a good scraper near real, real nearby, probably about 15, 20 yards away. So I knew if, if, if a buck came to visit it, you know, I knew I'd, I'd have a shot on him. Um, other than that, I, w- I wanted good shooting lanes. Um, you know, it kind of transitions from there. We're close enough to the river to where we're getting into a lot of oaks, a lot of water oaks. And in those areas, it, it kind of thins out a little bit. It's not as thick as it can be. But then about 10, 15 yards um, inland, uh, or in, inland as in away from the river, um, it gets into real thick pines. And um, I've noticed Absolutely. that they, they kinda, they'll, they'll kind of, they'll either end that or they'll kind of skirt it. I think, you know, I guess just so they can hop right back into it or whatever. But, um, and so I'm, I'm, I've got a good shot, but I'm, I'm close enough to those thicker stuff to where they got some protection. So a maybe, good transition maybe, area. I, yeah. I, I, I love, I love being able to hunt right where different terrains meet, mm-hmm. right? Where you've got an open area versus the thick, a high area versus a low being able to to jump in those areas where there is significant visible terrain changes, t- topography changes, absolutely. We, we often call them pinch points. Pinch too. points. We're always looking for pinch points, Tribal especially corridors. If we're hunting public land and we're in an area that we're we don't know, that's one of the first things you look for is a pinch point. Absolutely. Um, and it goes back to sign too. So I'm always looking for fresh yeah. signs. So. Was this a pretty heavily used scrape you're sitting by? Yeah, it looked, it looked pretty active. It was an active yeah. scrape. Okay. Yeah, no, there was, I don't know if there were any leaves in it at all. I mean, it was, and the leaves were falling. So I knew within the past day or two, um, probably within the past few hours, it had been. Now, now let me on. ask you this. Uh, I've actually been fortunate enough to hunt out there around this time of year. And a couple of years ago, I've seen rut activity that existed in the opening of muzzleloader. Yep. This consistent to what you're saying. But my question to you is, are you on the backside of rut this last weekend or were we peak rut the weekend before? So if the weekend you were hunting, I guess, tell me kind of how you felt. Were, were you at the, the maximum peak or were you, you tailing off? What are the, your thoughts? The, well, the weekend before I was out there this weekend? No, I'm or saying the weekend this, you shot. Well, at this point in time, I'm thinking that rut's over okay. because they're not moving. Now, uh, I, I, I'll, you know, get there, but I was proven wrong by the end of the hunt. But... um you know, those, those typical kind of, you know, you got your kind of your magic hour in the morning and the evening and they, during those times, they just weren't moving. Um, come to find, you know, I think uh moon phase played a big, big role in that. And that's kind of something I need to learn to trust a little bit more now. So getting into the next day, I guess we'll move on so we can kind of get into this, but, um, so back out of the sand that night, obviously don't, don't get a shot on anything next day. Um, Go ahead and make the decision to move to muzzleloader. I kind of toyed with going back and forth. You know, I, you know, like most guys, I would love, probably prefer to shoot something with a bow, but I knew I was going to be kicking myself if if one. I know, can honestly say I wish I had a little bit more of that in me instead <laughs> of just carrying my bow every time. Just yeah. hey, let's take this muzzleloader, but yeah. carry on. Yep. So I went ahead and went for it, and thank goodness I did because so I go. My plan the next morning is I'm going to go back to that same climber. I'm going to get back in there, set back up and just, you know, hope they're moving through there. Um, I get in the woods, it's real foggy and this, this stand can't be 50, maybe 70 yards off the road. And I got lost in the woods in, in our own property. <laughs> I'm, I'm stumbling happens, around the woods. Man, I've, I've got this drag line, you know, with doe urine on it, with estrus on there. 
and there's probably some confused bucks out there because that thing was going in circles <laughs> every which way. I'm like, where, where is this stand? I can't, I never found it. <laughs> I never did. No kidding. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I found it in daylight when yeah, I went to yeah. take it up, but so I, I just, so finally I'm thinking, oh yeah, I downloaded this, this, uh, mapping app last week. Let me pull this thing up and see if it'll help me. Which of course I didn't map this stand. Had I done, it, I could have brought right to it. You didn't mark your location. I didn't mark yeah. the location because I just I'm so used to being out there and like I know where you're I'm just going. Just knowing where you are. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was not the case this morning. I've got anyone will tell you I've got the worst sense of direction. I I can get lost. I've gotten lost <laughs> in fields in my own property before. I can. Uh, <laughs> I, I resemble yeah. that. So yeah. with you. been there, done that. Yeah. So I get that app out, and what it actually did help me is as I moved, it was, it was I had to kind of track my um, location. I was able to get back to the road. And maybe 30, 40 yards up the road is that, um, that condo stand that we mentioned. Um, so this stand, um, it's kind of a tower stand, uh, hundred percent, a rifle stand. You can't, you can't stand up in it. It's not a bow. So again, thank goodness I brought my muzzleloader cause I could not have shot my bow out of the stand. I would have been screwed. So I go ahead and climb up in there. Nice comfy office chair. So I'm good and comfy. The problem is like you end up getting a crick in your neck because to your left is the road and to your right is the road. And so you're just, and there's deer constantly moving and they'll, they'll cross within 10 seconds or less. And so you got to be ready. You got to be quick on the trigger if you're going to shoot something out of the stand. Because again, you know we don't we don't typically hunt over corn or anything. We're not putting anything out there to stop them. We're just you know hoping for that good shot. So again, kind of slow morning. Uh, you know the week before, Anthony sat in the stand and just saw. You know, like he said, it was like a petting zoo. I mean, like yeah. he he had three or four good bucks. He'll uh, compare every hunt from the I'm rest of his life. I'm just never going to hunt again. I've just I've yeah. decided like, probably a good choice. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I end up seeing one single doe go by and a group of three of them go by and that's it. I'm like, man, my gosh, I can't believe it. like, okay, yeah, rut's done. Like these bucks aren't moving. They're better down somewhere. They're exhausted from last week. You know, may as well pack it in. So 10 a.m. comes around. It's getting hot. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm out of here. It, it did get down to the 60s that morning. So it at least cooled off enough to where it was better. I mean, it's maybe 67, 68. It wasn't, what yeah, was it, tolerable. What was it the day before? It was in the 80s. Okay, so you yeah. went from the 80s. You had a 20-degree shift, give yeah. or take. Yeah, which, I mean, it's that, that's pretty normal. When, from when getting, from afternoon to morning. Yeah, for that for that area. I mean, like, you know, here a little further south and um, east in Jacksonville, you know, we don't we get like a five-degree shift. But uh, up there, it's it'll get up into the 80s, and it'll, it'll drop to the upper 60s. That's but, similar to Alabama. So yeah. so what I'm, I'm getting at is we're not looking at, like, a cold front pushing through. Not at we're all. We're looking at normal. Just normal, yeah, just yeah, no, norm, the, normal absolutely situation. not a cold snap. Like, nothing to get them excited. Um, so nothing other than just, thank goodness, that the mosquitoes maybe aren't quite as bad, <laughs> um, which they still were. Yeah. And, uh, of course, Thermocell. So I'm, I'm sitting up in there. Thermocell runs out of uh, juice, uh, out of um, butane. So. I'm already, by this point in time, I'm sweating and I rubbed, uh, I had one of those like little, um, looks like a wet wipe, but it's covered in, uh, bins, uh, uh, yeah. Mosquito, mos- mosquito, mosquito repellent. Repellent. So I'm rubbing this up and that stuff, Absolutely. not only does it burn the skin, but it burns the nostrils. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, you know, the in the condo, yeah. so now <laughs> it's like body odor and this, uh, mosquito repellent. So I got that stuff all over me, but anyway, so I go ahead and get out of the stand, calling it a day. Get back to my folks' place, get some breakfast, um, sitting there, you know, talking to my dad. I'm, I'm going to go move a few cameras and stuff before I leave, but I got to get back to Jacksonville. You know, hunt's pretty much over. So um, this is where I was, uh, thankfully, had set up one of those cameras uh, um, that sends you the pictures. Yeah, cell cam. Yeah, yep, cell, yep. Um, if I, now, so if I had not had that, I would not have killed this deer. 
hundred percent. Like this was me rely on technology and technology calling it for the win for me. So hey, if you got it, use it. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it's eleven oh two. You know, there's no way I'm going to be in the stand at this time of day. Typically, especially uh, to going back, I got excited because the the major feed times were um, like seven a.m. to ten a.m. So I'm like, okay, it's like sweet. That's like you Perfect. know, that, that's that's prime Perfect. time. That's exactly what you want. And they weren't moving. So I'm, okay, whatever. Um, eleven oh two. I get a picture of big back of a deer and you know a few points sticking up. I'm like, okay, there's a pretty solid buck over near one of my other stands. Um, over near where I shot my buck a couple weeks ago. And this is um, edge of our property right along the Suwannee River, which is where I know those big bucks like to move. They they, they tend to stay close to the river. They got some good cover um, and they can kind of catch that scent as it's coming off uh, down into the river. That river kind of drops off. So I think that wind kind of blows down in there. Um, so I'm like, okay, there's bucks moving. It's 11 o'clock. I got, a, I got at least an hour. I'm going to see if I can just get over there. Maybe, maybe he's still hanging out or maybe something else is going to come along. So grab my gun. I'm I'm in the stand by 1115. Get in the stand. Not five minutes later, I hear a grunt and I like, you know, perk right up. Of course. And, I'm getting fired up. listening oh, to man. this story. Hear a little grunt. It sounded like a small deer, but I'm like, whatever. So, you know, I get, get the scope, um, set kind of know where they're coming. Doe comes through and three bucks come chasing after just what? like swarming. Wow. And then I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And you know, those things come through and one looked, he, he was a decent, he was probably decent late. Um, certainly decent for that area. Um, and I'm sitting there, man, man, you know, just trying to get him to stop, do anything I can anything do to stop, can, and yeah. just nothing. Just like see. they, yeah. they were just honed in on her, just laser focused. I'm like, dang. So they they go off into the other property. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. how long were they in front of you? Five seconds. Okay, yeah, it happens quick in the rut. They, they were, they, they, you, there was like a freight train coming, just crashing through the woods. All three of these things, just I mean, that poor girl, like she was in trouble. That, that that's interesting because they're not bashing up at this point either. They're, no, they're no, they're all up and they found a chasing hot one thing. Yeah. I think chasing I think one thing. so. You know, now that we've seen this, okay, obviously the rut is still still pretty active here, and so these are the, I think you know maybe those smaller bucks that didn't didn't get lucky the first week, and they're they're starting to just take anything, and they get this poor little small doe that they were going after. She was in trouble but um for for what it's worth if you legally could have done it you probably should have shot the doe and all the bucks would have stayed right ah! there and you could have reloaded a yeah, couple times my muzzle loader faster <laughs> <laughs> um, continue so that's when it kind of got bad because five minutes later i hear voices and i was telling you guys last week on the podcast or two Is weeks it ago the moonshiners yeah yeah oh, no. the spirits of the swine no it was so two weeks ago we, we mentioned that right along that also you know our land parallels the uh, swine river well, so does the Florida Trail. Yep. Which you know that go that goes from Huge Georgia. Hiking trail. Yeah, it goes all the way from Georgia to um down to the Keys. Keys, yeah. Um, and now when it's hot like it is, and now it's starting to cool off. So I mean, we're in late October. We're starting to get to where I guess guys are being out there because we don't. We very rarely see hikers out there. It's actually not that common. Hear voices. They go, okay, maybe these guys are canoeing down the river. We get that all the time. Nope. Five hikers coming through. Uh, that trail is probably 30 yards from me <laughs> and I can see these guys. I'm just looking at them, like sitting there with a gun. I'm like, man, I really hope they don't see me up here. And now I'm like second guessing. I'm like, okay, were those deer chasing that doe or were they, were they getting run off by these hikers coming through? Is this hunt over? I'm like, ah, oh, geez. So they, you know, they, they come on through, you know, just two of them were talking. The other one was kind of quiet. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. They weren't making a ton of racket, but enough to, well, I was definitely concerned that this is, this is done. Um, about maybe another 25 minutes go by it's now just after 12 hear a little bit of noise 
see the kind of the hooves coming through underneath the trees. Yes. Like as quickly as I can, I reach over. That's a sight that only comes in Florida where you actually see the feet before you see anything else. Yeah, the branches are real low. It's going through some real thick stuff headed towards the road. I don't know what it is, but I just reach over and I just tap the GoPro, you know, to get it recorded. I want want to record this hunt and get behind that scope. And sure enough, I see big old tall antlers sticking out. I'm like, all right, he's the one. Starts crossing the road. Same thing. Tried to like, Nope, but he's he's just barely cruising. He's just taking his time, and so I was able to put it on him, double on him, and put you, him down, man. You think Crazy. he was chasing that same hot doe scent that the other three were following? If he was, he's being lazy about it. But um, well, he's an old man. I mean, yeah, he's probably he's probably already hooked up a couple times that week, so he might be like, yeah, <laughs> see what's going yeah, on around I'll, the corner. I might, might bump those bucks off her. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so I mean. Uh, yeah, he was—he was—he kind of had his nose down. So I mean, he—he might have been trailing him. He—he he pretty much came through the same trail. So, so what was, was it? Pretty... He, uh, tell us about the deer. So yeah, so get down. Uh, knew he was—I knew he was real big, um, real real tall tines. Um, go down. I mean, I'm so I, you know I, I watch all these hunting videos and see these guys. They'll, they'll wait until well after dark and all this stuff to go trail deer when you make a good shot though you but know. it was a good shot and it was a freaking 50 caliber muzzle loader so i'm like okay <laughs> and i and i'm pretty sure i heard him crash he headed it now what i was a little bit nervous of is he that where he, the direction he's headed is off of our property in about 10 yards like he's he's he could hop the fence and he could be off our property and then i gotta deal with that going to that wildlife management area but thankfully i saw him and he hit that fence and i'm like i'm pretty sure he turned right he just kind of went down our line so i'm like okay well maybe he didn't Get down there 10, 15 minutes later, you know, there's no noise or anything. Like, I at least want to go check for blood. And I found just a pool of blood. Um, you know, I sent you, sent you guys that picture, that, that bloody leaf. Yes, you know, it was incredible. That's, uh, you know, the telltale sign. So I just, I went ahead and kind of took my time and slowly followed in there. And uh, sure enough, he was piled up maybe 20, 25 yards in. You know, poked him with a gun. And man, he, he's done. That's this awesome. is what I love about Deer Camp more than anything, that we get to sit here. And share these kind of stories. Now, you were to take all of that, mm-hmm. that whole thing, and try to give one tip that anybody hunting the rut across the country could apply. What would it be? Uh, say rut specific. Um, I'd say don't worry about the moon phase. Or I, I, I take that back. Don't worry about the feeding phase. Um, I think they were moving because of the moon. It was about a half moon. So I think they were, it was bright enough to where they might've been feeding a little bit later at night and, and feeding a little bit later in the day because of it. Um, you know, that, that's kind of a guess, especially based on, you know, the, the lack of movement in the morning, what, what, what should have been typically a, a major feed time. They just really weren't moving. Um, so I'd say, you know, I, I, like I said, I was able to get that deer because I had the camera set up in the right spot and it sent me the picture at the right time. I was able to capitalize. If during the rut, I would hunt all day. Yeah. Because you think, never know. I think that's, you never that's know. the thing. I think regardless that, of what the feed times are, just stay there. That's a common theme. It's one that you'll hear everybody say. That time of year, you could throw the moon phase out of the window. Yeah. Um, you get a good week of rut. It doesn't mean that when it slows down, it's over because those does are not all going to get bred in that first kind of push. And there's going to be a consistent drip from that point forward. So to your point, absolutely. Yeah. Hunt as much as you can during that time. Yeah. So so kind of as we wrap this up, um, questions that I, I have for you is if you would have done kind of anything different. So based on your experience that you just had, 
Do you have suggestions or something that you would have done different going into this hunt or this opportunity? You find a way to mark my stand. So I'm not wandering around the woods. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, now, you know, now looking back, all I had a, had the app on my phone. It's really easy to plug it in. Um, the other thing that I've done in the past too, is you can get those little push bins that are reflective For sure. and put them in trees Easily find just, just yeah. to lead you back. Um, yeah. Like don't, don't just assume you're going to find it because everything looks the same when it's foggy and when it's pitch black out. That's what, right. What, uh, what stand were you looking for? The climber? Yeah. I put a climber up. So it's, it's, you know, in an area I've really never hunted on, you know, a tree I've never been on. So to Ben's point, um, hunting the, the kind of new places that we're, we have been hunting and that we will continue hunting. I can second his motion that make sure you have a good path into that location. I, I've been there. I've been lost before. Nothing could make you less confident or nothing could mess up a hunt more than you going in the wrong yeah. way. And so you, that's you, a good you call. You can't be noisier. I mean, it's just, it's, it's but miserable, man. A little bit of a tip for that. I've kind of learned from you and Brian even is a little reflective tape on the climber or whatever your yeah. setup is. Just something that you can catch your that's light true. with. Um, you're not always going to hit that stand the exact same way every time well, going into it. Once I got back in there, I had to have been doing circles around that thing. So had I had something like that, I probably could have got it right there. Like, yeah. So. One, the, the, the thing I'm taking away from here before we wrap this is that during the, during the right time of year and regardless of where you're hunting, there is the right time of year where bucks are chasing does, where they, they give up all sense of, of intelligence and allow the hunter an opportunity to your point, hunt, hunt where deer are yep. and, um, and, and spend the time. Well, and I'll tell you what too. I, when I shot that buck, I'm wearing brown ball cap, a green shirt, short sleeve covered in bug spray. I didn't have a lick of camo on me. Like, I mean, it's a lot of it comes down to just right place, right time, right place, right time. It, that's a, that's a hundred percent. Which correct. to your point, which, Back to what I Technology said is get began. your place in, yeah. get yourself in places where you know deer are going to be. Yeah. And we're talking about private property, low pressure, yeah. um, a, a really good setup for hunting. But honestly, during the rut, none of that matters. As long as you aren't pushing does all across the place, if you can get on does, you can get on bucks during the That's rut. Right. Yeah. So. We appreciate you coming in tonight, Ben. And yeah, thank you guys for having me. Hunt. Congratulations. That's an thank amazing you. deer. Hunting Report episode number one done. In the please, books. Please feel free to listen to the rest of deer season as not only are our normal episodes coming out, but we're going to give real time, real live information that you can apply yourself. Take care.